join us online. We're going to be continuing on with the Truth for Life series, uh, which is a catechism that is going to coincide with what the children are going through in the back with Kids for Truth. And our first theme that we went through, just as a review, uh, we went through and talked about the truth of the Bible, a question and answers about the Bible, and as not just Baptists, but Bible-believing Christians, we have to start by basing everything off of the Bible because that is where our truth comes from. And so our second theme after that is to talk about the greatness of God. And so now we're uh, going into our questions about the greatness of God, and we're um, going to be on question question five tonight, but let's review uh, the first four questions. Does God reveal in his word that he is greater than us? That's, of course, the question, the most simple answer here that we've had so far is yes. Yes, he reveals in his word that he is greater than us. And the reference, and for each question that we have, there's a reference from the scriptures uh, to support this. And so Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your, my, your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The next week we went through and we answered the question, what is our great God like? And so talking about how our God is great and going into to talk about his attributes. The answer for this question was, our great God is invisible, eternal, all-powerful, all-wise, and always everywhere at once. The reference for this question was Job 40, verse 9. Have you an arm like God, and can you thunder with a voice like his? The third question, did God ever have a beginning, or will he have an end? The answer, no, God is eternal. He always has been alive and always will be alive. And so going into now his attributes to talk about how God is eternal. The reference here was Revelation 1, 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. The following question went as this. Question four, does the Lord ever give up, get tired, or change in any way? The answer, no, the Lord is unchanging, eternally great in every way. And we discussed how he is, God is immovable and how he is immutable, how he does not change, he does not, um, he's not affected by the physical world or his creation, his plans and purposes are not thwarted by his creation, and that he also is not influenced or changed 
by emotionally like we are. But so we went over the truths or the doctrines of his immutability and his impassibility. And the verse reference for that was Malachi 3, 6a. For I, the Lord, do not change. Moving on into God's attributes, we're going to talk about tonight about his his essence or what is he. The question, question five, is does God have a body like human beings do? Does anybody want to take a shot of this question? Does God have a body like human beings do? Yes, the answer is no. God is a spirit, invincible, or sorry, invisible to our human eyes. And the reference for this comes from John 4, when Jesus has an interaction with the Samaritan woman. And he has this interaction, and he talks and reveals himself as a prophet, that he knows her heart. And she changes the subject to, well, where do you think is the right way, right place to worship? And so Jesus was answering that question when, when the lady was asking, well, the Samaritans say that it's right to worship here, and the Israelites say it's right to worship here. And Jesus says this in John 4, 24, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And so one thing I want to point out about the question or the answer is it says that God is a spirit. And so I wanted to point out in the scriptures, it says God is spirit. And this is talking about his essence or what he is, what he is. And Jesus wanted to make the point when he says that God is spirit, that he is not a material, or he's not a made of material things. He, is not a, he does not have a physical body. He's not, he does not have a physical body, or he's not made of matter or energy. And so there's been some teachings that I've seen online where it talks about how the Holy Spirit is like energy, and I, you see this in some false teachings that they're talking about how the Holy Spirit is um, like eth- ethereal or some sort of um, mystical substance. But what Jesus' point here is saying that God is not material like his creation. And so the word spirit, both in the Hebrew and in the Greek, whether ruach or pneuma, it both means breath. 
And so this is a way that is describing or describes that God is not a physical being or constrained by um, his creation. And so we first see this in Genesis 1. Genesis 1, verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This is saying that from the beginning, God as a spirit was there. And that it describes it describes God himself as spirit. Psalm 143, verse 10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on the level ground. The psalmist is equating God and spirit, referring to God and his presence as spirit. God's guidance and his spirit are equated. They're, they're equal. He's saying they're one and the same. The next point is that God is to be worshipped according to his nature. God is to be worshipped in spirit. In John 4, he says that we're to worship God in spirit and in truth. And so what could this mean is that it's not about, in the context of Jesus' answer, he was saying it's not about which mountain you're at. It's not about your physical location or even your posture, but it's about where you are in your heart and where you are in your spirit, that we're to come to God and worship him in spirit. And so... 2 Corinthians three seventeen through 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Paul is talking about how God manifests his presence through his spirit. He interacts with us through his spirit and that he is transforming us to his image through the spirit. Just as Jesus said that we must be born again. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. And in worshiping him and coming to him and coming to his presence in spirit, we have to do this as with our whole being, with our whole who we are, rather than just where we are. Deuteronomy 6.5 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Your entire being in your spirit coming to God, worshiping him. And David equated the, the presence of God with the Spirit in Psalm 51, 
when praying a prayer of repentance, coming to him and saying, have mercy on me, O God, David said that he, he plead for God not to cast away his presence and take his Holy Spirit from him. The way that David would interacting and having fellowship and communion with God, just as, as how we have communion with God, is through his spirit. And because God is not a physical being, he is not constrained to, by physical, location, uh, physical limitations. And so God, if, if you ever heard, well, I've got a big God. You know, that's sometimes a euphemism that, that's used uh, that saying that God is big or, or your God's too small. And to think that way, God does not have spatial limits and he is not a certain size or shape. God is not confined to a physical location either. We see this in Psalm 139 when David talks about the, how he has, God knows him. He got, God knows his heart. God knows what's going to be said. He knew him from the first day. He knew him before his days were even written in a book. He says in Psalm 139, 7, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? God's spirit transcends all physicality, all um, God's everywhere. And so God is not limited by creation. Acts 17, 24, Paul, speaking about God, saying says that the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. God is not someone who needs to have a dwelling place. We see this in the Old Testament also. 1 Kings 8, 27. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven in the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. God being a spirit means that God exists as a being. He is a person. He, he's not just some substance or energy. He is not made of any matter, and he has no parts or dimensions. He is unable to be perceived also by our bodily senses. We can't see him or feel him or even uh, perceive him with any of our senses. And he is more excellent. His, his, him being a spirit means that he is more excellent than any other kind of existence, that his existence itself is supreme, that it's over all creation. <clears throat> God has no material body, and he's not subject to human limitations. And while his spiritual nature is clearly uh, referred to and, and implied in Scripture, it's not really directly stated other than in a few times that says 
God is spirit. But it also refers to God's spirit and it, just one and the same and interchangeable. The emphasis is really on his dynamic, on his, on his living personhood, that God is alive and God is a person, God is personable, and he interacts with his people. And so that saying that God is, cannot be uh, perceived or seen, God is invisible. We see this in Scripture, uh, in Paul's letter to Timothy, how he opens up the letter, 1 Timothy 1.17, To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. God is invisible. He cannot be seen because he is not physical. 1 Timothy, Paul ends the letter to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.16. Who alone has immortality? Who dwells in an unapproachable light? Whom no one has ever seen or can be seen. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. So God is invisible, and God is, cannot be represented by a physical way. He cannot be represented physically. Now, there are times in this Old Testament um, that God reveals himself through theophanies, that he has um, shown himself in certain ways, uh, and represented himself in ways as his presence, like uh pillar of fire and a pillar of smoke and he has represented himself through um, different um, ways and manifestations but we cannot see his entirety God is invisible and so we could not grasp or even see the entirety of who God is but instead he reveals himself But with the point that God cannot be represented physically, we see this in the Ten Commandments. In Exodus 20, verse 4, You shall not make yourselves, for yourselves a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath. You should not make anything that looks like creation because it's not going to represent God because God does not appear like anything in creation. And so as God is giving Moses the Ten Commandments, the Israelites are down there on the bottom of the mountain and they're making an idol to represent God. They made a calf, a carved image of a golden calf that they wanted to somehow express who God is. But it fell short because there's nothing we could ever make that would represent perfectly what God is. In the beginning of John, after speaking about how 
the Word was with God and that the Word became flesh and that He came and dwelt among us, that Jesus Christ came into the flesh. John 1.18 reads, No one has ever seen God, the only God, who sits at the Father's side. He has made Him known. And so through Jesus Christ, God reveals himself. Deuteronomy 5, or sorry, Deuteronomy 4, 15 through 16. Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully, since you saw no form on that day that the Lord spoke to you at Horeb. Out of the midst of the fire, beware lest you act corruptly by making carved images, carved image for yourselves. The Israelites did not see God. They did not see what he looked like. They did not see him. And instead he was there was covered by smoke and fire. And he warns them, God warns them, do not make any carved images. And so God cannot be represented physically. And, and I think that's for a purpose, that we won't create an idol, that we won't make something that we would worship instead of worshiping the, the living God. But by God's grace, he does reveal himself. God reveals himself. And he decides who he reveals himself to. And so there's two forms of revelation that we see. There's general revelation and there's special revelation. And through general revelation, we can see this example in Romans 1 verse 20. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature having been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Paul is talking about how God's creation reveals his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature, that none of us are without excuse to say there is no God. The fool says in his heart there is no God. But it's clearly evident that God is revealed in his creation. But they, sub, they subdued, they, they pushed down the truth, and they made, great, they made images, they made gods of things created that look like things created. Matthew eleven twenty seven. in reference to how God chooses who he reveals himself to. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. That the Father is revealed through the special revelation of Jesus Christ. God reveals himself in his word. God reveals himself through theophany, through, through prophets, through many ways, but ultimately, God reveals himself through Jesus Christ. 
Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom He also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is the revealing of who God is. Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. God's invisibility is, means that God's total essence, or all of His spiritual being, will never be able to be seen totally by us. But yet God still shows himself to us partially in this age and more fully in an age to come when we will come to him and be face to face with him. When we will see more of his glory. So the question is, is does God have a body like human beings do? The answer, no. God is a spirit invisible to our human eyes. God is a spirit and he's not constrained by physical limitations. He is to be worshipped in spirit. He is not uh, made of matter or energy that will be depleted, but instead he is infinite. He has no limitations. He is infinite. He is not constrained by anything. God is also, is, because he is spirit, he is invisible. And he cannot be represented physically so that we may make idols of him. And, but he does reveal himself to the ones who he decides to reveal himself to by his word and by his thrones, ultimately through his son, Jesus Christ. John 4, 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, that you being spirit, you being infinite and all-knowing and wise and all-powerful, that you are eternal. Thank you, Lord, that a God who is supreme and the king of kings would reveal himself to us thank you lord for the truth you have given us by your word thank you lord by the spirit you have given us that we may worship you in spirit and truth i pray lord that when we think of you we do not uh, put you in our images and our own imagination or thinking of you in some sort of limited physical way. But instead, we know that you were an infinite God that is perfect and loving. That your spirit shows us your presence. Lord, I pray this, that we would 
seek you in worshiping you in spirit and truth. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us in person, and thank you for joining us online. Have a great night. What? I know.